Episode 69 of Tools for this podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. Today, we got a lot going on. We're going to talk some news, some Gina Carano hot mess, uh, the final trailer for the Snyder Cut just dropped today, and we got two weeks of WandaVision, episodes five and six to catch up on, and a whole lot of theory to talk. So let's get it going. Here we go. DJ Kevin Kev. You didn't say let's start the show. I was about to. Oh, okay. Go ahead, say it. Don't mind me. Let's go. Let's start the show. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Nah, I mean... What's happening, my can brother? Believe, can you believe it's 1931 already? Right? Kev? It's crazy. 1931. 1931. <laughs> Not everyone's going to get that reference. <laughs> Everyone who knows us will get that reference. Happy uh, VD Day, my brother. Happy Valentine's Day to you, my friend. Yeah. I hope that you are feeling the love. Uh, <laughs> the love of the universe. Yep. Love of you you have my love. Alright, good. That's all I need. That's all I need. I know you, I know you got You complete me, Jer. You got like ten <laughs> ladies on Tinder right now. Just blowing you up. I know, but uh, you don't need to get person. Tinder, okay. that's one I've never even touched. <laughs> really? Yeah, but anyways. So, what's crack-a-lacking with you, my friend? Uh, you know, not much. A lot yeah. of stuff A lot of stuff has happened uh, since we last spoke in, in our world. Uh, well, first of all, there was WandaVision Episode 5, which we haven't covered yet. Yeah. Uh, I really... I didn't really feel the need because I feel like we had talked about everything that happened in that episode already. And we'd just be repeating kind of like our predictions from the previous episode. But, um, uh, it was, it was a fun episode. We're going to talk about it briefly. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about, uh, episode six in more detail, Mm -hmm. uh, a whole lot going on as that series, I think has just concluded its second act. I think we're seeing a very clear three act structure here. We'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, also uh, today, that uh, final Snyder trailer dropped, and I want to, I want to, I want to go into some detail about that because I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the big thing people have been talking about, 
the thing, the big thing people have been talking about the last few days, yeah. people have been just last you know, week? Star Wars fans. Are, I feel like the last week. Huh? Star Wars fans are just up in arms and against each other again and yeah. divided uh, because uh, Gina Carano went and, uh, well, she tweeted some anti-Semitic stuff <laughs> and... It wasn't really anti-Semitic, really, as much as it was. Yeah, yeah, it's, anti- just... it's anti-Semitic to to compare yourself to Jews in the Holocaust is to diminish the plight of Jews in the Holocaust, which is therefore anti-Semitic. Uh, but it, I don't know, man. It's, I, you know, maybe it's not, I maybe think... it's not saying Jews should die, but it, it is diminishing to the plight of Jews in the Holocaust. I do agree uh, with you to a is... certain extent, but. Um... It's it to me. It was kind of as, as stupid as Morgan. What was her name? Morgan Fox, Megan Fox. It was Megan Fox, that, right? Uh, the chick yeah, from Megan from Transformers. Yeah, I know who Jennifer's body. Yeah. So, oh no, I'm talking about like ten years ago when she said that Michael Bay's directing style is similar to Nazis. Basically, is what he said, or what she said, right? right? And I, I kind of compare the two where it's not like she was saying something derogatory about Jews or Nazis. She was just using it as a comparison, which made her lose a lot of yeah, jobs, but, obviously. But and you I, can't do that. Well, and I, but I feel like Gina Carano just kind of compared two kind of things, right? But I don't feel like she was being racist about it as much as she was just being an idiot about it. If you get what I'm saying. Right. You know what I mean? So Right. 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 I'm just saying You can't erase um, history. Like there are there are some subjects that have like a higher level of standard to the discourse around them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm reminded of stuff like um, you know, how like certain words are like, you know, just you know, not cool to say at all. Right. Yeah. Like you know, um, and where like 20, 30 years ago it would have been okay, but those things have higher standards around them than everything else now, right? Like, don't worry about having to explain it. Just shut up. Just don't use the word, okay? Like mm-hmm. they, and and when it comes to the Holocaust, like don't do anything that might diminish it, like right. because I agree. What with happened that, yeah. to Jews? What to, well, yeah? So what what happened to Jews in the Holocaust was so horrible, like. If you do anything that even comes close to diminishing it, if you like crack a joke about Hitler, uh, like you have to just not do it. You just have to not bring it up. You have to not say it like the N word mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, like you just, you just don't. And because it has an effect that it is different than everything else. It is, it is on such a higher level. And is and Nazi it, the new N word? <laughs> To say uh, it's, it's 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 the old, it's an old N word. I don't know if it's the old N word, but it's an old N word. Yeah. Um, no, but just to just to say to, to like like what she reposted was American conservatives today are treated like Jews were treated in in Germany, Germany right before the yeah, Nazis came like that, in, yeah. right before the Nazis came into power. Yeah. And that is like like of course there's no fucking comparison to how between the two things and to say that there is a comparison is to diminish what happened to the nazis like to say if you think that what happened to us was only the same bullshit that you go through like some people on twitter yell at you oh no poor you 
But meanwhile, she has a fantastic career in Hollywood. She's one of the stars of the most successful shows on earth to suggest that she is somehow oppressed, right? Like, like she's treated like Jews in Germany is, I'm sorry, it's insulting to Jews. And that is anti-Semitic to treat Jews with, with, to treat this super painful thing in Jewish history with such little respect so casually yeah. is the anti- it's it's anti-semitic in its own way i understand it's different than just coming out and saying i think Jews should die she obviously didn't say anything like that mm-hmm. but it's bad enough and and people need to know better just like they need to know you know it's not cool to say certain words it's not cool to do that and to make certain comparisons at that yeah. And, and people are saying people are saying that that there's some double standard because Pedro Pascal once tweeted that Trump locking up children in cages at the border in actual concentration camps mm. like those camps that Trump locked people up in at the border are the actual dictionary definition of concentration camps so Pedro Pascal and by the way some of those kids died in U.S. custody, in those camps, they died from malnutrition, uh, like uh, like flu-like symptoms, because these camps were not set up to take care of of prisoners at all, or whatever. I don't mm. know, but look it up. It happened. Mm. Like like atrocities were happening to to human beings at this time. And Pedro Pascal said the U.S. government's treatment of these people is like the Nazis' treatment of Jews. Mm. And there is definitely a comparison there. Like, there's, it's apples and fucking oranges, what happened here. Like, um, Gina Carano was saying, poor me, I'm being oppressed. Pedro Pascal was saying, look what's happening to these poor fucking people, this Mm. terrible tragedy which was really happening. So, like, to compare the two is just, it's just a partisan political lie. Uh, Gina Carano absolutely should not be associated with Disney for for behaving this way. She should have known better. She should have known. Oh, absolutely, like, I agree. Like you gotta really watch what you say, Holly- especially plenty especially of Hollywood stars had plenty of Hollywood stars had terrible secrets and terrible um, politics mm-hmm. and kept it a secret for their entire careers. So they could keep their careers, yeah. right? Like cancel culture is not a new thing. You would always get fired in Hollywood if you were publicly a horrible monster. That's always the way it's been. So don't talk about politics with this. Gina Carano did a horrible thing, so Gina Carano got fired. That's the way it should be. And I, and, and I even skip the politics. You know me. I already thought she should have been fired just because I thought her character was terrible. I thought her performance was terrible. I thought if it was a male if you had switched her out with another famous male wrestler, like if it was Hulk Hogan, everybody would have said this is everybody would have said this is awful. This is not Star Wars. And I couldn't believe they were doing it. And mm. I'm glad I'm glad she's gone. But, you know, forget the politics. I'm just glad she's gone off the show. I think the show is going to be better mm. if it comes back. And and here's another caveat, because if we can move on from this subject and I'm sorry if, if anybody disagrees with me and if you're mad at me. I don't think it should be political. I don't think it should be divisive. But, um, you know, fair enough. If you disagree, you know, feel free. Um, you know, and feel free to leave us angry comments if you want. Nobody ever comments, but <laughs> go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Some uh, people comment. I'm just kidding, yeah. obviously. Um, uh, but, yeah, I really want to move on from that subject. Yeah. Put it in the past, yeah. if, if at all possible. 
Um, and uh, another thing that happened in the news this week related to Mandalorian was that it was announced that Pedro Pascal is starring in a new series. I think it's coming out on Netflix, is it? Uh, which is based which is based on the video game Last The Last of Us. Of Us. Which was a very popular post-apocalyptic video game that I didn't I didn't play, so I know nothing about it. I played the first but, one and it was phenomenal, and I really wanted to play the second one. I just I don't have a PlayStation Five, so um, one of my buddies was willing to lend me his, um, and I told him I would buy the game, but I never did get around to doing it. So one of these days, uh, maybe I'll play it. I think people said it's like got the best storyline of any mm-hmm. video game ever. Sorry, PlayStation it's, 4. It, was the most it wasn't on PlayStation 5, sorry. That's what it was, PlayStation right. 4. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, what is what is notable about Pedro Pascal signing onto this role is that uh, he signed a contract that uh, I think it's called First Option, mm-hmm. which means um, like uh, this new job will be his number one job and every other job that he has will take second place mm-hmm. as far as his schedule goes to this job. So, um, uh, I, like, I just think it's confirmation that, uh, the, like season three of Mandalorian is a lot farther off than Disney wants us to realize right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that that was obvious in the marketing at the end of Mandalorian with, with that whole thing that we talked about where they released the Boba, Boba, Boba Fett trailer. Yep. And it seemed like maybe that was replacing the Mandalorian, but we weren't sure that they had to clarify. But even I felt like I, I even felt like their clarification wasn't enough. I think this is the reason why I think they don't actually have Mandalorian season three on the schedule. I think maybe they don't even have a contract for it. Maybe, maybe they just have a, like a verbal agreement. Okay. Okay, Pedro Pascal is going to go do something else because he's sick of this helmet deal and he just wants to go stretch his acting legs, do something else, fine. And then we we'll, we have these other projects, we have the Ahsoka show, we have this Marshals or whatever it's called of the New Republic, uh we have the, you know, the Obi-Wan show. We have all kinds of stuff in the pipe so we can just put Mando off for a year, maybe two years, who knows? I don't know, I'm not saying I know, but I think we're going to find out not only are we not getting season three of Mandalorian in 2021, if, if we do get it, it'll be end of 2022, like maybe the normal release time, like maybe end of November. Yep. I think that is going to be the soonest that we see Mandalorian again. And probably not even that soon. I I think, I think maybe not even 2022, but that's, I, I I think we'll see in 2022. Uh, the whole deal was, uh, book of both that's supposed to be like the next kind of chapter or whatever. Um, in the series, and that's going to be taking place. Uh, it's going to be airing at the end of this year, and then uh, they already said that Mandalorian season three is coming in 2022. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, and I said this to you off air, um, Pedro Pascal really doesn't even have to be on set. Like he literally just has to do some voiceover work in the studio, and then if they need scenes for him without the helmet, he goes in and shoots those. Like he literally doesn't even have to be there. So. <clears throat> unless he drop, unless he drops the whole thing in season three, I doubt it. And you said something like, unless he has a verbal contract. Come on, this is Disney; they don't have fucking verbal contracts. They have they have written contracts. They okay. signed him, maybe, an, but maybe they an signed him option. Nah, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They're. I'm sure they have. I'm sure John Favreau had a plan. Uh, he probably said, "Okay, I'm making you know five seasons of this show." And I want this guy here for all five seasons, so I'm sure he's I'm sure he signed for whatever amount of seasons they have. So actors can do two shows, man. Um, 
he can go and do this Last of Us, and then he can come back and do whatever shots have to be done and whatever voice work has to be done for Mandalorian next year. That's the way I look at it. Okay. I, you know what? I, you're right that he doesn't need to be in the suit, and mm. I already suspect that he hasn't been in the suit very much except for the episodes where he takes the helmet off. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, but still... November 2022 is kind of a long way away right now. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, and I'm looking and, forward and, to all and, the, the, the uh, Marvel content that we're going to have to hold this over. <laughs> Dis- but Disney is famous for announcing an, a date and then it changing. And so True. we'll see. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, Marvel content. Do we have that much? I mean, we have yeah. a, we have a couple movies, I guess, coming soon. Yeah, too. we have uh Falcon, um, Winter Soldier, and Falcon, Falcon coming. Winter Soldier, yeah, like literally, like what a week after WandaVision. Two ends. weeks. Is it two weeks? Okay. And then um, there's something else that's coming out on Disney Plus this year too, isn't there? If I remember correctly, is it What If? Is it the What If show? Uh, Loki. No, I don't no, know. no. It's is it Hawkeye? I don't know. What or Loki's is it Loki? There is something on the Loki. schedule for 2021, Disney Plus wise. And we're getting uh, the Scarlet Witch, or sorry, not Scarlet Witch, um, Black Widow movie this year, and we're getting the Eternals this year. So they have a they have a lot of content. Oh, and the Mouth of Madness is the other one, right? New Doctor Strange, the Mouth of Madness. So yeah, oh, we're getting a the lot multiverse of, of madness. Sorry, multiverse. What is no Mouth of Madness was a John Carpenter movie, right? That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's what it was. I'm just fucking up. Anyway. Guys. Yeah. Moving um, on. Yeah. Boom! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. The Mandal- final, I believe, oh, trailer for uh, Snyder Cut was released today. Yes, it was. For Zach, Zach Snyder's Justice League. The four-hour extravaganza of Justice League that will be released on March 18th on HBO Max in the United States, Crave TV here in Canada, yeah. and I don't know where else, everywhere else in the world, but good luck. Let me uh, uh, let me ask you something real quick, actually, while we're okay. on the subject. Okay. When you watch it for the first time, are you going to sit down for all four hours or are you going to break it up? What's this your what's is, your plan? What's your plan? This is a good question. Yeah. Um, because I originally said I was going to probably watch it in two sittings. Yeah. Um, but I don't really schedule blocks like that. So, Fair. um, I mean, I could really get into it and get sucked into the whole thing. But then Possibly, there's yes. a new but there's a new wrinkle, uh, in that I might be watching it with somebody. Yeah. Uh, Steve Dunk, Steve Dunk might be coming down just so we can watch this together. So you'll have to watch it in 4 hours. In which case we will watch the whole thing in 4 hours mm. in one sitting. It'll be ep- it'll be epic and fun because Steve and I will be watching it together and we have fun when we do that. You but um better have a lot of popcorn. <laughs> we will, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> and, and likely whiskey. Ah, whiskey um, and popcorn. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. This trailer yeah. is friggin' exciting. It's It feels so 
epic. It even the footage that looks like footage that we saw in the theatrical cut, mm-hmm. uh, the color is is fixed. It's back to the to Zack Snyder's color palette. The uh, aspect ratio is in it's an IMAX aspect ratio. Uh, IMAX aspect ratio. Was it though? The trailer to me felt like it was. I don't know. I when it started, I was like, why is it like four by three? So I'm hoping that's, that's IMAX. It's no, smaller. it's not though. It's yeah, not. It's if not it a was wider I, shot. It's a taller shot. If it was IMAX, it would take up the full screen, dude. So I'm hoping that it actually does take up the full screen. I don't want to see. I it, it'd be it's kind of like watching a four hour version of like the first couple of episodes of Wandavision. In that four by three aspect ratio. Right. Right. Um, I'm actually not sure what the aspect ratio is going to be when they release it. Um, but in this trailer. Yeah. I mean, this is a big deal to Zack Snyder. Uh, this is the aspect ratio he wanted to release his movie in originally. Mm-hmm. Um, he shot it this way, uh, particularly because um, he wants his superheroes to appear like gods on the screen, not yeah. like average people. Yeah, and this is one fair. thing that bugs me. But this is one thing that bugs me about MCU films is that like a lot of shots, it kind of looks like some cosplayers standing around on a regular street, just talking to each other. And, um, you know, it bugs me when they don't put a little bit more flair, like artistic touch on it mm-hmm. to try to, uh, heighten the reality of the superhero. So I'm, I'm actually looking at, uh, at the, um, the aspect ratio and, what he shot it on and all that fun shit. And I don't see IMAX listed as one of the cameras that he used. So if it wasn't shot with IMAX cameras, odds are it's going to be. What does it, what does it say? Uh, aspect ratios. It says one dot three, three dot one, which I believe is widescreen. If I remember correctly, um, which makes more sense to me to be shot in or to be presented in widescreen. Uh, I believe, sorry, I'm just comparing that to, yeah, no, dude, I think actually now that I'm looking at it, 1.76 is widescreen. So we're watching basically, uh, we're going to be watching a four hour version of WandaVision, the first two episodes. I don't like that. Okay, I'm reading this article. I'm reading this article on CBR. Justice Snyder's Justice League remaster involves restoring IMAX aspect ratio. Just Zack Snyder's Justice League will stream in the original 143:1 IMAX aspect ratio he filmed it in. This is from CBR posted in July of 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's a little old. But that's what I'm going on. Interesting. Anyway, I think they look taller. <laughs> I think I think it does look a little, yeah, a little uh, grander, a little more I don't know, man. artistic. I guess we'll I guess we'll see in time, but from what I can And if tell, I full screen the trailer You're right, it's got those bars on the side if you full screen it. Um I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe some people have TV TVs that will full screen this aspect ratio. I don't know. Some big ass TVs, boy. Um, <laughs> I, I'm watching the trailer now. That's why I'm pausing. Sorry. Yeah, no um, Let's talk about what what happens here. It starts off with this shot of Superman dying and his death scream. Uh, which people say is the thing that activates all these cosmic events. His Superman's dying scream is what wakens up the mother boxes on Earth, and what's and what uh, kind of uh, lets Darkseid and his people know that they're there, right? And and brings them back in the first place. Um, we get this voiceover of Lex Luthor with his speech about how God is dead. And we get these epic shots of, of uh, Amazons and ancient battles. And I guess what, what we're talking about as the, uh, the first age of heroes uh, where Darkseid's forces did invade earth before and were repelled mm. by, you know, the Amazon, the Amazons teamed up with other great heroes of earth. Like I think the, I don't know if it was the Greek gods or the uh, like Zeus was there, but I think Hercules was there, um, <laughs> and also some Green Lanterns were there. Uh, mm. It was a crazy cast, and they repelled Darkseid before, um, but now uh, Superman's dead. So they think, uh, okay, World Earth has no protectors. We're coming from the mother boxes. We're coming to take Earth. There is an amazing shot of Darkseid in his what looks like a throne room on earth. So it looks like this post-apocalyptic earth, this dark vision of earth that Batman keeps having, mm. uh, in the future after dark side, uh, conquers it. And, uh, there's a scene where, uh, Steppenwolf is kneeling down to dark side. And, uh, I think dark side looks, I think dark side looks fantastic. Um, you know, you visually compare him to Thanos I guess because that's what you do. Dark side versus Thanos. You compare the two both created by Jack Kirby. Dark side actually created first Thanos created a few years later. The first appearance of dark side, 1970, I believe. And the first appearance of Thanos, 1973. Um, looking at this, uh, I feel like it's good. Like Thanos is really good. He's got a really realistic feel in those movies. Like you really feel like he's there and not a cartoon. Um, but I also feel like he's a little too plain and dull and his colors are a little, I don't know what, like cartoony to me, like, like Simpsons-y almost to me. Mm, okay. Um, and this dark side is, it's this, this, it's more Zack Snyder looking. It's, right. uh, the, the colors are more vibrant. There's a lot more reflection. Uh, it's kind of like more like God-like aura to him. Um, and uh, his throne room is just epic, and his court is just epic looking. It all looks fantastic, mm. all from the great the great visual mind of Zack Snyder. Uh, of course, everything reminds me of the three hundred, which is the thing that Zack Snyder originally became famous for. In my awareness, like these battle scenes yeah. where all of these Amazonians are riding their horses on the field against Dark Side's forces, uh, remind me of the three hundred. <clears throat> Um, what else do we get here that's kind of new? Uh, we see uh, the the flash scene uh, where he's rescuing uh, his girlfriend. Uh, what's her name? Ivy? Is that who it is? Flash's, 
Flash's girlfriend. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, this was originally this was a cut out of the original version, mm-hmm. um, but we had we have seen this scene before. It was actually in some of the promotion for the original version before they cut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see more we see more cyborg stuff. Obviously, we know that Ray Fisher's cyborg is playing a, a much more ro- pivotal role in this movie. There's a lot more of him in this movie. One of the most exciting things we see is black suit Superman in action. And we see uh, like a repeat of his first flight scene where he's got his fist down on the ground and you see like the, the rocks start to lift up and float around him before he takes off. Like his anti-gravity effect is kicking in. Um, That wasn't in the theatrical cut, but it's here. It looks badass, And we get a quick shot of black suit Superman using his heat vision on someone or something and it's a really quick shot, but it's so badass looking. His eyes glowing red and him firing just angrily, looking like he's screaming while he's doing it. Um, fantastic, cool stuff. Uh, like the whole thing just feeling more epic, more dark, more uh, serious. Hmm. Very little lightness or levity in this trailer. Pretty much none, actually. Uh <laughs> But this, but this big moment at the end is what people are talking about the most. Of course, um, the, the 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 Joker moment, the Joker reveal, and we know this footage was was shot fresh for the Snyder cut. It wasn't shot before the theatrical release. They brought back Jared Leto, they brought back Ben Affleck, and they shot these scenes, and it looks like these scenes are taking place in the post-apocalyptic vision world, and. Uh, it looks like Joker and Batman are teamed up against the forces of Darkseid in some way. And Joker has this line, wouldn't you agree, Batman? We live in a society where honor no longer exists. And Batman just looks at him because he knows, like, to me, this is a fantastic Batman moment because it kind of sums up their entire struggle, right? Like, these guys have been fighting each other for their entire careers, probably like 20 or 30 years at least mm. at this point, because they're both, they're both late in their careers at this point. And the entire time Joker would say stuff to Batman, like, Oh, come on. You can't think there's any honor in this society. Really? You have to agree with me. We live in a society where honor is not a real thing. And Batman would always argue back. Right. He's like, no, I'm going to show you you're wrong. And I'm going to justice. Right. And, mm. and that would be Batman. Right. But in this moment, Joker's looking at him saying one of his classic lines and Batman has nothing to say because the world has ended. <laughs> like yeah. Dark side ended every, everything Batman believed in. And now we're living in a world where, where Joker kind of gets it more than anybody else. Like there's so much in this one line in this perfect little scene at the end of the, this trailer. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, supposedly we're going to get some action scenes where Batman has like some kind of team still, uh, in, but he's involving working with villains because, like, it's anybody who can help now Suicide try squad. to fight back against Dark Side. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of right. like that. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, people are talking about why does Joker have no tattoos? Well, I think the reason for that we're going to find out is very similar to the uh, the Joker with no face storyline in the comics, where Joker cuts his face off and 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 staples somebody else's face. I don't think we're going to get that extreme, but I see scars all over his face here mm-hmm. where he might have just cut his tattoos off um, or something, something like that. Um, and, he's, and he also looks like he's wearing like white. Yeah, a lot of white makeup. face paint, like mm-hmm. smeared like all over his face. 
So, um, plenty of room to explain why the tattoos are gone. And this is obviously much later. This is way in the future from the Suicide Squad movie where Jerry Little played the Joker. Mm-hmm. So this Joker is, you know, he's the same guy, but he's a guy who's been through a lot more shit. Darkseid destroyed the world and, you know, he survived it. So uh, he's changed and that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I think we covered like all the important things, but, um, you know, this trailer is just cool and I hope everybody watches it. I hope everybody gets hyped for... Justice League coming out again. It does not look like it's the same Justice League movie. And, and you said this to me earlier. I asked you specifically because you had told me before that you were kind of like, ah, eh, it's kind of the thing we've already seen. Mm-hmm. And and I was hoping that Zack Snyder was telling the truth when he kept saying, no, this is not the thing you've already seen. You have no idea like how much different footage and how different the footage will be and how different the movie will actually be. <clears throat> and from this trailer, from this trailer, I'm kind of feeling that. I'm kind of feeling like, you know what? There's no CGI uh, Superman with his mustache removed, right? <laughs> I just, hope there's, there's God, just no. awesome. Yeah. There's just awesome like Superman stuff, like yeah. this black suit stuff with the with the laser vision that we've never seen before, and and there's going to be none of those dumb, dumb, dumb jokes that Joss Whedon sprinkled throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. There's this amazing dark side. There's this kind of cool Joker this take on it that we haven't seen before. There's like a lot of stuff here that we haven't seen before. I think it's going to be a fun four hours for justice league fans. We didn't see uh, Jesse Eisenberg in this trailer, but he is listed. No, we did. not uh, We heard him. We heard him. Did we hear him? Okay. He is listed in the credits. Yeah, he did. Uh, so is uh, William Defoe actually. That'd be He's cool. The one who makes the God is dead speech. Oh, wait a minute. Is he just a voice actor in this? Yes, in the in William the trailer Defoe? you hear his no William Defoe, no, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I mean, I don't know who William Defoe is in this. Maybe he's playing like oh, William side. Defoe was Aquaman's mentor in the Aquaman movie. So maybe we're going to get some Aquaman. Yes, I did hear that. Sorry, okay. we're going to get Mira and that other character from Aquaman who William Defoe <clears> played. <throat> okay, no, I was going to say that'd be awesome if he played like if they like went really deep into the future and he played an older version of Joker. Because that's what everyone always wanted, anyways, right? Was William oh, well, the Joker. Joker, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, he's playing, he's playing that. He's playing that great Aquaman character, who yeah. I'll be happy to see more of. Now I'm going to have to rewatch Aquaman so I remember that character better. I'm. I actually think I should rewatch Justice League because I only saw it the one time, and that was the time I saw I, it in the theaters. Remember those yeah, theaters? Should we, yeah. Should, I don't. should we watch it right before? Yeah, we should watch it right before. Yeah, do a recap. Yeah, we should do that. Anyway, uh, that, 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 I guess that's all we, we should say. That's all I want to say anyway about this mm-hmm. Snyder Cut trailer. March 18th is a month away. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Let's go. Nara? Boom! <laughs> yeah, um, it definitely, it looks, uh, it looks interesting. So, you know, you know me, I'll watch it regardless. But, uh. I don't know. I don't have my hopes as high as you, though. Well, so I know. Uh, we'll see. I know. It's going to be fun. That's all. Mm-hmm. I, like, I I don't think there's any future for the Snyderverse uh, in DC. I don't think we're going to see any of this. these storylines carried on. Yeah. Um, the word on the street is that Jared <laughs> Leto is would be eager to come back and play more Joker, mm-hmm. to carry on his, his character from this. But 
I really think all that stuff that we talked about last episode, the the the, the conflict with Ray Fisher and Walter Yamada is not resolvable. Right. And I I really think all this is just going to get this is going to be it. We're going to drop Snyder Cut and then we're going to move on with move on with the other various DC projects and uh, stuff. Right. So um, anyway, uh, we'll see though. We'll see how it mm-hmm. goes. I, I, all I know is I'm going to enjoy. All I know is I'm going to enjoy the Snyder Cut. I don't, you know, but regardless of what it leads to or doesn't, um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to finally seeing Snyder Snyder's vision because that 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 Joss Whedon movie that we saw was just so weird and broken and uh, <laughs> it was unfair. It was unfair. To broken us. is probably the most appropriate word for that. Yeah, it was very right. Broken. Like yeah. from the. From the from the first moments when you have a close up of Henry Cavill with his <laughs> CGI upper lip, yeah. it's the first shot of the movie. Yeah. The CGI upper lip, like as this movie is broken yeah. anyway. Phone not and the it was next like phone footage too, which was even yes. But anyway, anyway we're gonna get a fixed. We're gonna get it fixed finally, and I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, so, hopefully. all right. So, shall uh, we? Wandavision it up. Wandavision. Vision is letting the world on fire. Yeah. Everybody is so excited about WandaVision and the masterful victory of storytelling that it represents. Mm-hmm. People are saying, look at you, people who complained about it being week to week instead of instead of uh, bingeable. Now you're seeing the brilliance. <laughs> All that kind of stuff is happening. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, they have a wicked cliffhanger every week, and every week you're like, "There's more questions that I need answered," and and it's great television. It really is. It is. Um, I agree. It's a good. Time. Uh, I I I I gotta say, um, I still wish the first three weeks had been one week, but whatever. It's cool. Um, where we are right now is so exciting. It's so epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead. Let's just get back to episode. Four. Five, a very special episode mm-hmm. of WandaVision, um, where we see, uh, you know, Monica Rambo uh, got booted out. Yeah, but it starts off with uh, Wanda and Vision trying to put the uh, the crying babies down right. first. Right, right, right. The opening scene is Wanda and Vision putting the crying babies down, and. Then the neighbor Agnes comes in to try and help, and then we have reality breaking, like almost right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get Vision becoming aware that something's wrong, and we get more indication that Agnes is kind of aware that reality is broken and has no problem with like letting everyone know that she's aware reality is broken. Mm-hmm. Um and we get the gimmick with the boys uh, aging really fast. So uh, the babies, the babies are crying and it's crazy. And we get the Wanda and the Vision fighting, and then we get probably some references to the devil. We think, and uh, the babies grow up to be five years old, yeah. and then, and then later on they grow up again. But, um, <laughs> but we gotta bro- talk about before they. Before they grow up again, um, this this great great uh, opening, which like kind of combines like family ties, growing pains, and there was a third one that it oh uh, family matters or not matters uh, Full House sorry Full House, the show yeah. that that her sisters were respectively on. 
right and got which was from. actually 90s which which was actually a decade later so mm. well didn't it start in the 80s uh, no? uh maybe later i'm not sure i yeah. but i feel like it's a night show yeah okay but yeah, you're probably right. uh definitely feeling very family ties the opening was yeah, like a like an exact copy of family yeah. ties yeah and the music was like um the same exact same instrumentation and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh, and with the um <laughs> with the uh just the i don't know if you like actually listen to the lyrics but they're literally yeah. singing how they they're making up, up as they go along <laughs> which I, I just thought was great i had a good time with that uh that opening that opening uh theme yeah this was the episode where we really were reassured that wanda is in charge of the reality wanda mm-hmm. caused the reality wanda is brain controlling everybody in the reality yeah um in this episode, Vision kind of figures out that he could use the the Mind Stone to break things out of the reality. Mm-hmm. First, he first he turns on his computer and uh, connects to the real internet, yeah. and then he then he turns on Norm, and Norm has a scary moment where he's like, "Please make her stop. It's too much. It hurts. It hurts. I can't go back. I can't do it anymore." Mm-hmm. Uh, so we learn that this is kind of dark. What's going on here? All these people who are trapped in Wano's reality are really kind of suffering. Yeah. Um, and Vision is starting to become concerned. Um, and uh, yeah, we get that moment where he gets the message uh, from Sword, and the entire office reads it at the same time, which is just kind of weird and surreal, and just kind of reinforcing to you that reality is broken here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. And then back in the real world with Sword, uh, Monica Rambo is being tested, being checked out. Her scans are invisible for some reason. Something weird there. Well, they weren't invisible as much as they were uh, blown out. Blank. Yeah, they're like blown they're out. Because um, remember correctly, when you look at the picture, you can see like kind of stuff in the top, like two right hand corners sort of thing. And then it's just like uh-huh. pure white. So. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's because she becomes a superhero later on. It's her powers starting, I guess. Yeah. This was the first hit that Monica's going to get superpowers Mm -hmm. from going, from going into the reality and back out of it. Um, we know Monica Rambo is a superhero in the Marvel universe. Uh, Photon, it, it was her name and she was also Captain Marvel. For a while in the comics, oh, okay. uh, I didn't know that. so uh, we know Monica Rambo is getting superpowers at some point. This was the first indication that that is now happening in episode five. We get a lot more of it in episode six, obviously. Um, back in episode five, we get this hostility going on with uh, the guy Hayward, Hayward. The, the, the sword dude, mm-hmm. the sword dude. Uh, he's. Uh, you know, he's uh, treating um, Wanda as a threat. Yep. And uh, he's going through her history and how she was a bad guy at first. And he's like, yep, probably still a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jimmy Woo's trying to defend her, saying, no, the, the, she's an Avenger. She's good now. Uh, but it seems like there's a conflict here. It seems yeah. like uh, uh, Hayward wants to go full guns on Wanda and... Uh, our heroes, of course, Jimmy Woo and Darcy and Monica Rambo want to save her. Still, still see the good in her. Mm-hmm. It's the Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader conundrum. There you go. 
Um, so yeah, Monica's like, you know, we got to figure this out. We don't know if 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 Wanda is actually hurting these people or if she's actually protecting them somehow from this thing. Um, we got to learn more. She says, we can we? She starts to figure out uh, a way to build a vehicle to go back through the barrier without being harmed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she has an aerospace engineer friend who's going to help her build it. A lot of people think this might be Reed Richards of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be huge. Uh, there has been a tip off that there will be a massive cameo. It has been said it's a Mark Hamill in Mandalorian level cameo on this show. So could that massive cameo be Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four? I don't know. Um, that would be a big secret that they have kept for a long time, if that's true. Magneto. But whatever it is, is going to be. <laughs> some people think it. Mag- some people think it will be Magneto. Yeah. He'll show up and he'll go. Oh no! Your parents didn't die, Wanda. I'm your father. I'm your father. Um, I don't. I don't see that happening, especially because of the Evan Peter stuff in season six. Uh, the stuff that he says. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think it might be uh, Professor Xavier. Some people mm-hmm. think it might be Patrick Stewart uh, showing up and saying, "Yes, mutants are here, and I've been keeping them secret the whole time." Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. I don't know who the big cameo will be. Um, I have a feeling, though, Kev, mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be very underwhelming in the fact that it's just going to be Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know Doctor Strange, this story is going to carry on and set up the events of Doctor Strange movies, uh, Doctor Strange's next movie, Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness, yeah. where a lot of people are saying Wanda is actually the bad guy in that movie. So whatever's happening here is going to lead to bigger, scarier things that Doctor Strange is going to have to take care of. Mm. So it makes sense that Doctor Strange is going to be in the end of the show. Yeah. Um, what also doesn't make sense is that all the Avengers aren't here yet because of what Sword knows is going on in this anomaly. And it's Wanda and she's an Avenger. Um, but, you know, whatever. I'm not going to start criticizing the show. Uh, it is it is great. It is great. The writing is great if you avoid thinking about stuff like that. Um, but episode five, let's get through this. What else happened mm-hmm. in episode five? Oh, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, they, the twins find that dog. Um, yep. <clears throat> the dog for some the, the, the dog for some reason keeps trying to kill itself. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? That it was trying the to dog, kill itself? Not really. Yes. Yes. In the first scene oh, yeah, with the dog, yeah, yeah, you're right. um, it goes over, it licks the electrical outlet, yeah, yeah. and starts shocking itself, and they call it Sparky, yeah. right? And then the next time we see it, it just went and ate the azaleas. For some reason, like the dog is suffering the same as everyone else, like it was like a real person under her control, like everyone else. Yeah. And it just wanted to die. Um, <laughs> but I think the point of this whole thing was... The twins, who are now ten years old, because they they raised themselves in age again, so that they could keep so the they dog. Could keep the they dog, could be yeah. old enough to keep the puppy they found. Um, the twins want wanted to bring the puppy back to life. They say, "Look, you can bring things back to life. You mm-hmm. have the power to do that." And Wanda says, "Oh no, I don't." Which is making you really wonder what's going on with Vision. Yeah. Is Vision going to be able to leave this reality? 
I think we found out in episode six, but not in episode five. But yeah. this created the question for sure to me uh, when Wanda said, I can't bring people back from the dead. Um, uh, other important events of episode um, five. Also, uh, um, all these things happen in front of Agnes and uh, she's oblivious to it. So like she, the kids age right in front of her. Um, Wanda does magic right in front of her and it just yep. doesn't phase doesn't her. And she's, nope. Yeah. She's just like, well, she's, she, she's seen more things, blah, blah, blah. It's not a big deal to vision. Whatever. Right. Not, not only Agnes seems aware that reality is broken, but, mm-hmm. but like so many other characters do too. Yeah. Like the, the big black neighbor, what was Herb? Herb, Herb seems to know the mailman seemed to know. Yeah. Uh, like lots of people now have said to Wanda, oh, you know, something that let let us know that she was in charge of reality and everybody knew that. Like, do you want something changed? Or, oh, don't worry, your mom won't let him go very far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's curious because not everybody seems to have that. Some people do, some people don't. Like Norm, oh, did I say? Yeah, Norm and Herb. Norm, the guy who Vision works with, yeah. doesn't seem to have that. When he's under the control of Wanda, right? Right. Like he had to, he had to have control broken by Vision in order to be able to speak, like he knew what was going on. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm a little confused about what's the difference between people who seem to have different kind of levels of of awareness and stuff. Um, obviously, we need to know what are the source of the twins because they're not people who were taken over by the reality. They seem to have appeared from the reality. Um, lots of questions, lots mm-hmm. of questions. Um, and then, uh, okay, we got the office scene and then we got the puppy dying. Uh, we love, got the scene with the drone. I love the fact that they use Commodore 64s, by the way, in that office scene. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Definitely. I, um, I had a Commodore 64 back in the day, so. <laughs> Uh, Monica has an idea to get something into the reality uh, that uh, that will still work in the reality is to send something that doesn't need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And the way she does that is she sends in a drone that was built in the 80s when the reality is set in the 80s. So I thought that was an interesting little trick of reality that they did there. Mm -hmm. Um, The only reason stuff has to change is because it's not from the era that the reality is in that seemed a little specific and weird but whatever go with it she sends the plane in it's a drone it goes in to talk to wanda and uh wanda gets mad that it's there and uh she turns on her red eyes and then we find out uh uh-oh hayward had a secret missile loaded on the drone and and he commands it to be launched and monica's like no and now of course, uh, Wanda thinks that Monica was the one firing a missile at her because she was the voice talking to her through the drone that mm-hmm. fired the missile at her. Um, so lots of conflict being set up here. One thing, I felt like we were, one thing yeah. I thought was kind of kind of cool was um, you mentioned her red eyes, but I don't know if you noticed, but she he she was watching Wanda on a black and white kind of camera. Yes, but her yes. red eyes still kind of came through reality was reality was black and white but the eyes were red but i'm just saying like the the camera that she's watching her on is in black and white right but she still sees the red eyes 
her red magic eyes mm-hmm. overcame the technology. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so then anyway, uh, Wanda comes marching out of the show, out of the bubble yeah. and has an amazing scene. There's a standoff that is so Magneto and this is intentional for sure. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige, Feige worked on all of those X, those great X-Men movies uh, before he became the head honcho at Marvel. Mm-hmm. So you can see his love for that and you can see his influence in that uh, here because this moment felt like classic Magneto so much. All of Hayward's agents are pointing their guns at Monica and Monica has a standoff where she tells them, this is my home. Stay out. I'm not going to warn you again. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can offer me. I have everything I need in here. Um, and she takes over all of the soldiers and makes them point their guns at Hayward instead of hers. Mm-hmm. Her as she as she walks out exactly the way Magneto did in I don't remember which X Men movie, probably the first one. Yeah. Um, I think it was the first one. Uh, but he used his powers her, uh, obviously to levitate the guns. Oh, uh, yeah, but Wanda right. showed like she has that same badass instinct and same badass level of power mm-hmm. and scariness. And if she and you don't want her to be the villain. You want to keep her on your side like Monica Rambeau's trying to do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, her, uh, her accent actually came through too, the Romanian accent. Yeah, when she came out of the reality, she went mm-hmm. back to her accent. Yeah. yeah, A little bit. Uh, so Wanda, Ver- Wanda verified for us that she was in control of this. And then when she goes to walk back into the reality, she does a little wave of her hand and the, the shield turns extra red. Mm-hmm. So she does something to make it like extra impenetrable for them somehow, I guess there, but very badass. <clears throat> this yeah. scene, uh, a, a lot of fun. Then she goes home to vision. Wait, one thing you skipped. And one thing you sorry, skipped. Yep. Uh, the yep. commercial. Oh, right. There was a commercial here. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting so to the Legos, the Lagos, how you pronounce it, uh, commercial where, uh, <clears throat> where it's like, um, kind of like bounty Lagos brand paper towels. Yeah. So it's like a, almost like a bounty where they're doing the whole thing with the spills and she's like yeah. comparing it to the leading brands. And, uh, if yeah. you notice she's using red liquid, mm-hmm. right? which I'm pretty sure symbolizes blood because uh, Lagos yeah. is the city at the beginning of Civil War where Civil War. where um, uh, Wanda accidentally killed a whole bunch of people. Bunch. Where Wanda, the reason for the Sokovia Accords, mm-hmm. uh, where Wanda's recklessness in battle caused a lot of uh, standbyers, innocent standbyers to be killed. Yeah. And the, slo- the slogan for Lagos paper towels is Lagos for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's what, that's what Wanda did. And everything turned bad for Wanda after that. Um, and, and once again, these commercials just kind of go through all of the phases of her life story mm-hmm. one after another. One other thing. Um, so I was watching, I think it was new rock stars. Um, and they do like breakdowns of like obviously all the shows, all the episodes. Yeah. And one of the things that he brought up is so all the commercials, um, when they show the product, they all kind of re- so far they all kind of resemble one of the stones, one of the uh, Infinity right. Stones, which I thought was kind of they all they all reference an Infinity an Infinity Stone as well as an event. Just the way they're the were the way they're shaped. 
is like symbolism yeah. of each of the uh, infinity stones so far, um, which I thought was really cool too. Some people are saying the reason everything is hexagonal shaped is because the mind stone was hexagonal shaped. Mm-hmm. That the mind stone is really the power behind all of this somehow. Um, Wanda's reality warping recreated the mind stone and then the mind stone is so powerful that it powered everything up even further. We'll see. Who knows yeah. what's happening here? Yeah. Who knows? Exactly. Yes. It's a lot of symbolism in this. A lot of symbolism, a lot of Easter eggs. <laughs> There's layers upon layers upon uh, layers. Everything is an Easter egg somehow. Yeah. Um, we anyway from here we go home and Wanda and Vision they have a throwdown because Vision is tired of Wanda lying. Vision knows something's wrong here, and Vision doesn't want Wanda to lie to him anymore. Sorry, um, I skipped over another part, which is the dead dog. But I guess we we kind of already touched on. That. We talked about that already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, uh, it's a weird scene because um, yeah. it really is. It really is kind of like Wanda doesn't really seem to fully understand what's going on. Like she says, "Do you think I really did all of this?" Yeah. But five minutes, five minutes ago, she was telling everybody outside that like, this is my home, and she was clearly controlling the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But but she doesn't think she started it somehow. So um, this could mean a couple of things. This could mean that somebody else started all of this. Um, or this could mean that Wanda went crazy because uh, that ha- that happens in the comics a few times. Mm. There are a few uh, major Wanda or, or Scarlet Witch storylines in the comics where she loses her mind and turns like crazy evil, which is and, and this series is based on a bunch of those uh, mm-hmm. those particular comics. So it could be that Wanda lost her mind. It could be that some supervillain helped in her losing her mind. Um, but this conversation really doesn't clear it up for me, for us, like what is going on here at all. And vision, uh, like keeps accusing her of trying to change the subject by, by making like, uh, Agnes show up at just the right time. (laughs) And then she tries, he says to her, you, you can't control me the way you do them. And she says, Oh really? Are you sure? And she tries to roll the credits and end the episode. And he doesn't let it. He talks over the credits, which is so it's so tension filled and dramatic and weird and cool. And it's something that I've never seen in anything ever before. Like this weird, weird show, mm-hmm. right? Think about how weird this is. Think about how weird this moment is, right? This show is about superheroes from the Marvel comic universe who are, who exist in our time supposedly, but they're in this weird alternate reality that set them in the eighties on a sitcom. And, She's controlling reality by rolling the credits and he's talking over the credits. And it's weird because you're not supposed to talk over the credits. The show's supposed to be over. Yeah. So you have this automatic reaction like, oh, it's it's weird. It's awful tense. And I like w- like there's never been anything like this. Like this is like nothing I can ever I can I can compare it to. It's mm-hmm. cool. It's really this show is really cool. Yes. Anyway. I agree. And then again, they have that moment. <laughs> bless you if that was a sneeze <laughs> uh yes they have and they have that at moment the, at the end of this fight we in have the, yeah in, yeah right. in the living room where they both kind of levitate in the air and he's like yelling at her saying like you can't do this blah 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 it looks like they might fight superpowers yeah and then he like just breaks down and he's like because i'm scared which yeah yes. uh, 
we we find out that Vision doesn't remember his life before yeah. this reality. He doesn't remember that he's an Avenger. He doesn't remember anything before WandaVision, and he's really scared. Yeah. But uh, he suspects that that there is a reality outside of this one, um, and everybody in here is suffering. And mm-hmm. in this scene, in this scene, by the way, um, I don't know if you saw anybody mention this, but uh, the curtains in the window that is like the the largest thing in this frame that Wanda and Vision are fighting, it's between them. The curtains in this window are a giant M. No, no, so if there's if there's if there's if there's any doubt that this is based on the House of M comics, mm-hmm. and if there's any doubt that what I'm about to talk about in episode six, that mutants are being introduced by this show, uh, like they're just beating you over the head with it in little little Easter eggs already mm-hmm. back in episode five here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, they have this big dramatic fight and you, it's almost like on a sitcom where they have an episode where are the parents going to break up, right? Mm-hmm. Like we wonder, are Wanda and Vision going to break up? <laughs> yeah. Um, he demands what is outside of Westview and she says, you don't want to know, I promise you. And he says, you don't got to, you don't get to make that choice for me, Wanda. And she says, you've never talked to me before, like this before. And he says, before what? Yeah. Before what? Because he doesn't remember anything before this, um, and he's and he's scared. That the performance that that these two actors get to give here is so is such it's on a higher level than anything in any Avengers movie, anything they've been in before as Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. These characters are now these characters are now fleshed out on a level that we never came close to before, and I you know. I always thought these were the characters where I went to the bathroom when they came on in the Avengers movie because there's nothing happening here, nothing that matters. Um, but seeing these performances now, I love these characters. Um, and, and this show is is great for that, too. Uh, Kevin Feige is a genius. And, sorry? Kevin Feige is a genius. Yes, yes, I agree. Did I mention that? Have I ever said that before? Um, I don't know if I did. You might have. Anyway. Doorbell Their rings. fight is interesting. <laughs> by the doorbell ringing and yeah. she's like I didn't do that and he just hangs his head because he doesn't believe her yeah. and another shocker here it is we talked about it last episode Evan Peters shows up at the door as Pietro yeah. Quicksilver her brother she's confused because she recognizes this is not my brother's face on this guy but he's like yeah it's me he kind of shrugs to acknowledge that yes it is me Pietro when she says Pietro mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and that's where the episode ends. Uh, Pietro before, shows up before one great line. You forgot when Kat Denning, Darcy says, Darcy says, Oh, they, oh, they recast Pietro. Yeah. She recast Pietro. And we thought that was just a funny line, but in episode six, we kind of get an explanation and that kind of is the explanation. Yeah. And I'm kind of disappointed in this. I like, we, We've been having a lot of theory talk about Evan Peters and what's going on with him. You know, I said I think he might actually be playing Mephisto. I don't think he was actually... I think I said I didn't believe that he was actually going to be the crossover X-Men Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. I thought it was Mephisto playing a trick. But But the way he explains it is... But it could be because of some of the lines he says in the next episode. I, I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. I think... Because what he says is, basically, um, 
like I don't know what happened. I was shot dead in the street by I don't know who, which is what happened to her brother in uh, Age of Ultron. Right. So that's what he's talking about. So he's saying, yes, I am that guy. I was shot dead in the street. And then I don't know what happened. I heard you calling and I knew you needed me. So I showed up here. Yeah. So they're suggesting this is the same guy and she's brought him. She's reanimated this dead guy the same way she reanimated Vision. Mm -hmm. And they tip us off to that. They tip us off to that visually again because while she's talking to him, she has a flash. The same way she had a flash of Vision looking like his dead self again in the previous episode. His skin was all gray and his head was busted open. And it was scary. She had the same thing with Pietro. She looked at him. He had three holes in his chest, and his eyes were all were all white, like he, like a corpse. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how why a corpse's eyes are all white, but um, they were kind of hinting the same thing. Like, okay, we know Wanda hasn't doesn't have the power to bring back the dead. We we made that clear. So we know that Vision isn't really alive. He's kind of reanimated and dead still. Mm-hmm. So now we have to believe the same thing about Pietro, I think, uh, because he kind of says that. Because he, 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 she says, why do you look different? And he shrugs and says, I don't know. Maybe all the trauma just made you want to change my face. Maybe you didn't want to be reminded of the trauma. Maybe that's why you changed my He says to Wanda, you changed my face mm-hmm. when you brought me back. So... Like, I feel like we're not getting a multiverse crossover with Evan Peters, and I don't think that Evan Peters is going to live on in the MCU this, because of what happens with Vision. And and this is later in the episode, and I'm skipping, like, everything. Yeah. I, like, I just jumped to the middle of the episode with that Evan Peters talk. Um, but uh, shall we chronologically go through episode six? Um, yeah, we can. We, we open with... Uh, a Malcolm in the Middle opening, I th- I'm going to say. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's it's the 90s. And, um, you know, everything's, you know, fast-paced and crazy and fun in the beginning here. And um, Evan Peters is actually in the opening credits this yeah. time. And so and is Agnes. Is cre- yes. Yeah, and Agnes is That's actually true. credited in the, uh, in the opening. And, Bill- and Billy and Tommy. Yeah. They're all credited. Um, but... We see Evan Peters using his super speed in the opening credits, and we see him listed as Pietro Maximoff. Yeah. So uh, we are to believe that's who he is. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, it's Halloween at the beginning of the episode. Everybody's mm-hmm. in costume, or at least no, not everybody is yet. Sorry, um, but. Uh, one of the boys is, I yeah. think it's Billy. It's Wiccan anyway, because he's in his comic book accurate costume for mm-hmm. when he becomes the character Wiccan in Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking to the camera just like Malcolm in the Middle, which I thought yes, was... Yes, Yeah. And then the other one is not in costume yet, uh, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he says, my costume is I'm the cool twin. Yeah. Uh, Tommy makes fun of Billy. Uh, you know, one of them is good. One of them is not so good. That's their characters from the comics too. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy has Quicksilver's power, and Billy has Wanda's powers. Um, 
we see uh, uh, Quicksilver, uh, uh, you know, Uncle Pietro sleeping on the couch and just being, they make fun of him as being like a man child and stuff, um, which is like fitting with his character from X-Men, I'm going to say. Um, but I don't know. I'm confused about that. Anyway, we'll mm-hmm. see, I guess, later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get him, we see him using his powers again. We see Wanda come in in her costume, and her costume is the classic Scarlet Witch comic book costume is kind of a halloween version yeah. uh her explanation is i'm a sokovian fortune teller mm-hmm. uh, then we have vision show up in his classic comic book vision costume um and the explanation is he's a mexican wrestler <laughs> luchador well that's what he says but uh um what's his face calls him what do you say a crayon a stoplight <laughs> what are you a stoplight a crayon? I can't remember. He has some <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Evan Peters got jokes. He's funny. He's yeah. a wisecracker. Yeah. Um, we find out the setup for this episode is uh, everybody's going to trick or treating, but Vision is not going to go with them. And they have a quick moment where Wanda's like, wait a minute, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to come with us. And then Vision kind of shuts her up. He's like, what? And she kind of shuts up. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, traffic light, half shut corn. A booger. That's it. And Vision says yes. Uh, anyway, uh, Vision tells Wanda, "I'm not coming trick or treating because I have to go on on um, community watch mm-hmm. or what's what's it called? Yeah, neighborhood watch. I believe it's neighborhood watch. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so Wanda's surprised. Why isn't Vision coming with us? What's going on? But then he kind of makes her overlook it, and Evan Peter steps up and he says, "Don't worry, I'll I'll trick or treat with the kids. I'll step up and." the father figure i'm the uncle it'll be fun and then we have him go and get his costume and get uh tommy's costume and it is a cheap halloween version of the classic quicksilver costume even with the hair gelled up in two points Mm -hmm. um and uh tommy's costume is also they look like almost the same costume and that's the same as the comics yeah and they totally Um, made a big editing error too by the way so How's that? the part when uh when when he, when uh, Vision is talking, he's like, yeah, so he can take him trick or treating, cool. And he's like giving the thumbs up there, and you can kind of see his thumb kind of in the foreground, but it's a little it's a little blurred. And then they go to a wide shot of uh, Quicksilver and the two kids uh, shotgunning Pop. And if you look at his right. hand, his hands not giving the thumbs up. Again, this is an editing error. This isn't. Uh, this isn't like a uh, Easter egg. And then they go uh, back, and he's giving the thumbs up. This is the type of shit that I look for. When I watch uh, stuff, uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> with that it was total editing error. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, for so from that setup for what's going on in the Wandavision world in the hex, mm-hmm. uh, we go back out to the real world. We go to Sword and. Um, we see uh, Sword have another drone coming out of the hex, and it's got all the red energy all over it, and he's like, I want a full workup on that. Um, and uh, you can see him getting all militaristic and attacky, and you have Monica Rambo and Darcy and Jimmy Boo kind of speak up and be like, hey, why are you treating Wanda like the enemy? We have to work with her, not against her. Mm-hmm. And he's like... And this is where it starts to turn into uh, an X-Men movie again. And Mm -hmm. I felt like this episode was so X-Men. 
to me, it felt like we had moved over to the X Men universe uh, to me when we were wa- when I was watching this. Right. Um, okay, it does say Stark uh, Industries there, on that a, rocket. A line by the in way. Here. Oh, yeah. Actually, if you look close enough, it does say Stark Industries. <clears throat> so there is still some MCU. In- <laughs> yeah, no, I. I I know it's the same universe yeah, now, but yeah. is what I'm saying. But it, it feels reminiscent. Um, the uh, the great line Hayward had in here, where uh, he says to Monica Rambo, "Why are you always defending superpowered people?" Mm-hmm. Tipped me off that that his sword, the uh, uh, um, the what's the word the uh, what sword stand for? Um, was it, uh, it's not synthetic, sentient, sentient, sentient weapon, that's what it was, sentient weapon, observation and response department. Yeah. He thinks that superpowered people are threats yeah. and need to be controlled. This is the whole X-Men mutant conflict. Uh, when, when they made the Sokovia Accords, when they were back in civil war and they were having this conflict between the government and superpowered people, I was, I kept saying to myself, this doesn't feel right because it's missing the word mutant and it's missing sentinels and it's missing all of this stuff that is so Marvel, right? Now it's happening. I swear. This Mm -hmm. is what sword is. Sword is the government's response to superpowered people. And Monica Rambo is going to get her superpowers from the hex Mm -hmm. and sword is obviously going to be after superpowered people. And, Pretty soon we're going to be calling them mutants because of what happens in this episode, I'm afraid. In my opinion, we'll see. But um, anyway, th- that's why this scene was important to me. This, uh, But also, uh, Hayward fires the ball and kicks them off the base. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, uh, to be involved in future events, they have gone rogue. They, they had a weird action scene. Didn't you think this was weird and out of place where... Uh, Monica and Jimmy knock out a bunch of sword agents. It was to take random, their yeah. Clothes. Yeah, it was pretty random. Like these were their coworkers. These were their coworkers, yeah. and not and not bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like they're government employees, and they just go. They they just they don't even talk about it. They just go punch them out, knock yeah. them unconscious, and take their clothes. I thought, okay, the writing got a little cheap in this moment here. Mm-hmm. I thought we could have we could have done something. Okay, we we want to show Jimmy Wu and Monica Rambo fighting because they're you know it's an action show, fine, but I don't know, I didn't like that. Um, there was probably something cut out. That's why. That's my yeah, guess. I don't know. There was probably some kind At of communication point, and cut out, and then yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, Darcy has a it line. Was, Darcy, it, Darcy has a line. Nobody told me the plan. Yeah, like she was surprised too. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was very, it was random, but I guess it was appropriate because these guys were going to take them away from the hex and they want to be in there obviously. Right. So I feel like it was appropriate, but sure, no, but I, I, I agree I just, with I you. Felt it, was, like they, like, it was a little left field. Yes. They, they worked there. I felt like, okay, those were the guys, those were the guys who were, who were taking them to the van to, okay. They had to knock them out. So they, did, they didn't take them off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Away from the hex. I understand what you're saying. Okay. It wasn't just random guys that they knocked out to take their clothes. Yeah. You're right. That's an important caveat. I was misunderstanding that point. Right. Very good. Okay. They knock out their captors and they escape in sword costume, in sword uh, outfits. Um, but Jimmy Woo and Monica go off 
uh, because Monica has to go meet her contact, who people suspect might be Reed Richards, we'll see, um, to get her vehicle to get back into the hex. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Darcy wants to go into the, back into the facility for some reason. She goes in and hacks into the computer network to get information. But they're going to meet up later, they say. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, back to inside the hex. It's Halloween. Where we have Halloween. <laughs> Halloween's going on and we're having fun in the street uh, with uh, Quicksilver using his superpowers. And then, of course, Tommy uses gets his superpowers for the first time. It's a big moment. We're proud of Tommy. He's got superpowers. He's a chip off the old block. Um, fun stuff. But we also get this conversation with Evan Peters and Wanda um, about what's going on here. And we get Wanda actually asking him, yeah, well, why do you look different? And starts to quiz him about their past. What was the name of that kid who was always stealing your boots back in Sokovia in the orphanage? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't answer her. Which really bug- <laughs> I'm I'm saying, Kevin, it's kind of bugging me that they're being so, like, obviously making it impossible to guess who Evan Peters really is. Because, mm-hmm. like, we had this stuff earlier, like I said, that, like... It made it seem like, oh, this is actually, it's not earlier, it's actually after this, but we talked about it earlier. But uh, they have this conversation where it makes it seem like, yes, I'm Pietro, you brought me back from the dead. But then here he can't answer a a question about Pietro's childhood Mm -hmm. for some reason. And I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about him being naturally Mephisto. Because, like I said, he does say a line I think there was a couple of references to Satan, but there was one in particular where he says, be careful, you spawn of Satan or something like that. Right. He so does that's, refer to the kids like spawn of Satan. And yeah. Yeah. They do drop a lot of things like that. Yeah. So I have a feeling he is going to be, he's like a manifestation of Mephisto. I think Mephisto is involved, but is, is he Mephisto yeah. or not? Right. So Evan Peters and Wanda, I, I, I keep using one character name, one actor name. That's awful. <laughs> they have this moment in the street where she's like, who is that kid? I don't know. And he's like, you're testing me. He doesn't answer. He says, you're testing me. And he says, okay, it's cool. I know I look different. And he says, and she says, why do you look different? Yeah. And so, you know, she doesn't know what's going on here, but he says, you tell me. If I found Shangri-La, I wouldn't want to be reminded of the past either. So that line is at least suggesting that she changed his face when she brought him back. Mm -hmm. So if it is the same thing as Vision. Which in a way doesn't make sense because she wouldn't know what the other Pedro looks like though, right? Pietro, right. She wouldn't. Right. It's. I almost think, Kev, I'm going to be mad about this after the show. I almost think Evan Peters is only here to fuck with the audience. Right. Like, I don't think he's supposed to be Evan Peters. I, like, Quicksilver from the Marvel, from the Fox universe is what I'm saying. I don't think this is supposed to be X-Men Pietro. It's not even Pietro. It's Peter in X-Men. Yeah. I don't think this is supposed to be him. I don't think it's a multiverse crossover. I think they just used him so the audience would go nuts trying to figure out why he's there. <laughs> yeah. I think 
if you just follow the show, it's Pietro, but his face looks different. Mm-hmm. Like she recasts him on a TV show. Um, you know what else is funny? Actually, I, just be sorry. Go ahead. I, I'll be frustrated. I'll be frustrated if that's the case, but I, I, I strongly suspect that's the case. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say another little uh, Easter egg uh, nod here is um, when the kids come back and he's like, okay, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the exact line, but he's like, all right, kick ass. And then he, they take off and then they go yeah. to um, to Scarlet and she's like, kick ass. Hmm. And that reference is obviously the movie kick ass because both actors that p- played Quicksilver were in that movie. Whoa, weird. <laughs> so yeah, um, both actors were actually in that movie, uh, Kickass. Another theory, another yeah. theory that I saw mm-hmm. is that the same way she stole the Family Ties set and theme song mm-hmm. for her fake reality, she stole the X Men Quicksilver because the X Men movies are actually a thing. In the MCU. Uh-huh. And the X-Men movie that he was in was in the 80s. So yeah. he would be the actor who she would steal to mm. recast her brother right. as Quicksilver. Yes. That would make sense too. Yes. Makes, no, it, it doesn't make sense. It's awful. All of this is awful. No, no. That makes I have sense a feeling, in the fact that I don't, it takes I feel place like in the no 80s. there's no good explanation for Evan Peters. No, but there, there, there will be. They're not. They're, obviously, they're going to explain everything. Like I don't think there will be. That's that's what's bugging me, Kev. You know, I, I feel like you know. <laughs> don't how let I it said bug you, Jer. Let it happen. Just episode. let it fucking happen. I'm really worried about this. I'm telling you, and we'll see. <laughs> let it we happen. Have three more episodes. Yeah. And by but, the way, the la- the last three episodes, I heard they're all going to be an hour long each. By the way, that's dope. That's fucking dope. That's super dope. Because we are clearly, I'm. Well, uh, I'm going to talk about the third act when we get to the to the end of the events of this episode. Mm-hmm. But we should move on. We've been going on so long; nobody's listening anymore, so, yeah. unless they skip ahead. <laughs> they want to hear this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get the Halloween hijink scene where Quicksilver and um, uh, Wiccan Tommy are mm-hmm. running around at super speed and and having a great time with everybody. Um, and we get the moment between. Uh, Herb and Wanda, where again, Herb has a moment where he breaks reality and says, you want something changed, Wanda? Do you want something different? And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And But she also finds out from him that Vision is really not on Neighborhood Watch. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Vision and we get to some of the coolest shit in this episode, mm-hmm. I think. Um, because he starts to wander out to the edge of town where there's all kinds, of, and by the way, there's children everywhere all of a sudden, and I I wish there was an explanation for that, Kev, because it seemed to be an important thing. Yeah. Earlier in the show, yeah, that actually, there were no children yeah, anywhere. He, he referenced and, that actually. And what was the reason for that? Yeah. And and he's like, so were you hiding the them, keeping them safe? What? It, yeah. What is the reason that there are children everywhere now? And Evan Peters brings it up and says, "Yeah, wh- where were all these kids? What were you doing with them all this time?" Mm-hmm. And we don't know. And I hope there's an explanation for that. I think there might be. Um, but anyway, as Vision gets to the outskirts of town, he starts to find people who are frozen, who are who are just doing one movement over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, dude, this is, I don't know if you caught this, but this is, uh, this is, 
this whole thing is like a video game reality, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're playing, uh, if you're playing like an, an MMO video game, there or a regular uh, RPG video game, there are NPCs, non-player characters, who are controlled by the computer by some kind of AI. Mm-hmm. And when you're not there, when you're not doing anything, they are populated. They're there. But they will be frozen. And then when you run into their a certain area of effect around them, they come to life and they start moving and they start doing like some action. But until you get there, they'll be like kind of frozen or they'll, or they'll be stuck doing like one little repeat motion that's weird and, mm-hmm. and doesn't look right if you, if you can see it on the screen. The characters on the outskirts of town who are far away from Wanda, therefore they won't be interacting with Wanda or the main characters of her show, are not active because she doesn't have to control them. She probably It's difficult for her to control all these people, all these events. So there's kind of like an area of effect around Wanda like in a video game. Yep. And, and Vision wanders out of Wanda's area of effect and we see this because the characters are frozen and we see this woman who's actually frozen in a movement trying to hang a, she's a Halloween a, decoration. She's in a loop. She just keeps looping and over and yeah, over. And, and she's crying yep. because she's suffering. Because yeah. this is another, this is vision. Vision's journey is that he's figuring out slowly that everyone else in this reality who's under Wanda's control is suffering, is yeah. in pain and wants to be set free. And that's why this is so jarring and and wrong to him. His superhero instincts are taking over here. These people are in trouble and need help. Vision starts to talk like a real superhero in this episode. Mm. It's a tribute to his character, I think. If you're a if you're a Vision character from the comics, if you're a Vision fan from the comics, I think this episode had moments for you that were like, wow, that's that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, especially what happens later on. Um, so the first thing we see is, yeah, he sees people who are stuck and frozen, and it's weird. And I thought the CGI tier was really fake looking, by the way. That was my biggest complaint about this episode. Which? The, the CGI? woman was crying. Oh, the the okay. woman was crying? Yeah, yeah okay. The woman who was hanging the lawn, who was, who was hanging, I don't know if it was laundry or Halloween decoration. Yeah, it was a Halloween decoration. Stuck, stuck in her loop. Yeah. Um, they show a tear running down her cheek, and it's so obviously digital and fake. But that's not a big deal. Apparently, obviously. apparently, you have a way higher def TV than mine because it looked fine to me. <laughs> you you always say that. I know. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it looked fine. Like I didn't notice it looking fake at all. Why'd you, you get a good TV? Uh, apparently, God. I'm gonna have to go out and buy fucking was it 4K TV? Yeah. Uh, you, you, how do you not have 4K? Like even like 4K is like old shit now, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You, I'm happy with my TV until it blows. Are, are you mad at me? Me? No, not at all. With but, silence. You never. <laughs> no, no. I was, I was just reading something real quick. But yeah, no. Um, no, it doesn't doesn't bother me. I, I'm fine with my TV. I like it until it blows. Uh, I don't need to get a 4K. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Bro. yeah. Uh, Walmart got deals though, brother. I, got, I don't buy expensive. They got TVs. deals, son. <laughs> <laughs> they do they do it's all good it's all good all right let's talk about this commercial now <laughs> now this commercial yeah by far the creepiest commercial so far <laughs> yes. in wandavision and it's total wow. fucking uh, straight from the 90s like i remember a similar commercial like this and 
I feel like it was yeah. for like Gogurt, if I remember correctly. I feel it was Gogurt. Right. It's this is a very Gogurt like product yeah. that this commercial's for. It's for a yogurt snack. Yeah. Yo magic. Uh, it's called <laughs> Yo Magic. And it's a starving child on a desert island. <laughs> And a shark shows up and says, I used to be like you, but I'm totally satisfied now because I have this magic. And the whole, I feel like this is the first commercial where we're getting to the a prediction about the future instead of a story about her past. Right. I don't know which Infinity Stone this commercial represents, by the way. but Wasn't there a magic stone? I feel like the point of this commercial, because what happens in the commercial is the shark gives oh, no, the kid the yogurt, yeah, yeah, so. the yogurt, which is magic. It's called Yo Magic. Yeah. And it's like, here, eat this and you won't starve to death. And then the kid tries to open it and he can't open it. Yeah. And then it shows him starving to death. The lifestone, man. And it, and it shows him decomposing and becoming a skeleton. Yeah. And obviously the message here is magic is not real and it can't really save you. Yeah. It's all an illusion it's not you know magic can't save you and so this is a lesson i think for wanda about wandavision right mm-hmm. and she's trying to use her magic to satisfy her her hunger her need for like a happy life yeah. with you know people she loves in it and and we're seeing what happens when you try to do that with magic you starve to death and so this is a very foreboding I feel commercial for the future for Wanda. Mm-hmm. I don't unless I, I can't think of a past event this might be referring to, like all the other commercials did anyway. Right. That was my thought anyway. Right. What were your thoughts besides besides Gogurt? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I feel like because, um, like I said, apparently there was like hints that each each commercial references a stone and stone. this hmm? an Infinity Stone. And this one reminded me of the one that Red Skull was protecting, which was soul stone. the Soul Stone. Sorry, I said Life Stone, the Soul Stone. So I feel like this yeah. was a reference to the Soul Stone, personally, because he turns into a skeleton and who was guarding it, but Red Skull, right? That's right. Yeah, that's what right, right, I kind of right, right, right. came up with when I heard that theory about uh, the, I, I, that fits. Because right? Red Skull and he is wearing a red tried, shirt. Didn't Red Skull try to use magic to satisfy his wants and needs, and then wasn't that his ultimate undoing? Hmm. So isn't that anyway? Maybe, maybe I'm reaching. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, cut back to uh, Wanda and the boys and and uh, Pietro. Who seem to be leaving a movie theater? Or they're, they're at least walking past the movie theater, yeah. and the movies that are the movies that are playing are The Incredibles and The Parent Trap. Yeah, so which uh, I do, that's I feel cute. Like they're both ref, uh, referencing the show because, in a way, obviously, yeah, yeah, they're all you know kind of superheroes. The Incredibles, a family of a family of superheroes where the kids inherit superpowers, yes. right? And um, and the, the, parent, and the trap parent Trap being Wanda trying to. Re... The parent trap is about is about twins who yeah. pretend to beat each other to fool to fool their, their parents, parents. Yes, but in this reference, I feel like it's kind of like her trapping Vision in this world, 
You get what I'm saying? I I think I think what this hint is is that Wanda's in a trap. Right. Wanda's the Wanda's the real parent here. Because mm. Vision's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, uh, but obviously. If Wanda is a villain, she's not going to be a villain because she's a bad person. She's going to be a villain because she's a victim of both circumstance mm-hmm. and probably some probably some more powerful evil influence, a la Mephisto or Nightmare, who there's also some references that could be references to Nightmare in this episode, who's another Marvel villain who's capable of doing all these things as well. Yeah. And also they- from the WandaVision comics. Yeah, they do bring up the word nightmare a few times, a couple times in this episode as well. So you could be right. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a joke. Evan Peters uh, is complaining that they're making them return the candy that they stole with their superpowers. Mm-hmm. Evan Peters has some more lines about what he's doing here. And he's like, what I'm doing here is what you wanted, isn't it? And it's another weird moment where it's like I'm breaking the reality and I'm asking you if, you know, I'm doing it right or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she asks him, wait a minute, what happened to your accent? And he says, what happened to yours? Yeah. Details are fuzzy, man. Yeah. I got shot like a chump on the street for no reason at all. And next thing I know, I heard you calling me. I knew you needed me. And this is the point where we find out that Tommy has superpowers. Yes. And we give him a high five and then we, you know, go use our super speed to get more candy. Fun stuff that we already talked about. Sorry, I talked about it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, More stuff back outside with Sword. Darcy finds out a whole bunch of stuff by hacking into the network. Mm -hmm. She's apparently an awesome hacker. Uh, physicists are also awesome hackers. I don't know if you knew that, but that's the thing. We do. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and she finds out, oh, Hayward has this system where he can actually see inside the hex and he's tracking everybody's movements. And now we're tracking Vision's movements because yeah. we're tracing the decay rate of vibranium and it's all very cool. She also sees Monica Rambo's medical files. And finds out some important stuff. Mm-hmm. Monica Rambo's cells have all been completely rewritten every time she has passed through the barrier. Which, of course, is going to be the MacGuffin that causes her to mutate and get superpowers. Yeah. Um, this is uh, going to become more important for the conversation later after how the episode ends. So, um, sorry, I'm just flashback. Um, when the kids are, when the, when the kid finds out that he has like super speed, she does, yeah. she does say, do not go past Ellis street and Ellis Avenue, Ellis Avenue. Sorry. And then we, uh, and then when vision does his little teleportation up, he sees a car and it's just stopped. So he goes to investigate it. And it's Agnes just staring. 
Into, Did I skip that? I thought it, I thought we didn't get there yet. Yeah, we're just there. Like you were just talking okay. about, um, okay. about uh, the outside. But sorry, I took it back inside <laughs> because I was. I oh, was, you're right. I jumped. I did jump ahead of that. Sorry, I did jump ahead. Um, so before we go back out to sword, no, it's a, you go back out and then you come back in and then that's where we are right now. Okay. Um, all right. Sorry. Um, so vision has a great moment here where after he finds the frozen people, he's like, holy shit. And he just transforms into full on MCU Avengers vision. Yeah. Uh, so this is, the, this is the first time we see him in his full, uh, superhero form. We already saw Wanda in her full superhero form from uh, Avengers last episode when she had that great Magneto moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he flies up into the air and looks around. He sees all of the town from above. He sees the edge of town and he sees a car stopped there right at the edge of town. He flies down and when he gets there. It is the corner of Ellis Avenue and uh, I think it's uh, Sloping Hills or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and a giant <laughs> stop sign, and mm-hmm. it's very clear you're supposed to stop here. And yes, Agnes is sitting in her car here, and she's frozen. And it's clear that Agnes drove outside of the area of influence and got stuck because she was too far away mm-hmm. as an NPC. Like I was saying, the video game effect, the area of effect earlier. Um, and it was very interesting because it kind of looked like Agnes was trying to escape the reality, mm-hmm. didn't it? Like, Kinda, what is she yeah. doing stuck? here yeah right like if she kept driving straight to where she was stuck she would drive right to the edge of westview yeah because she even says because uh she's he's like she's like oh i got lost he's like you lived here x amount of years you got lost (laughs) yeah and then that's when she and then he does the little snap her out he uses the minds he uses the mind stone on her and snaps her out of the reality and then she, we have this moment with her that we've seen in the trailers uh, already where she's like, wait a minute, am I dead? And he's like, why would you think that? And she says, because you're dead. And he's like, what? And she kind of breaks and goes crazy and you're goes, dead. you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. And then laughs maniacally. Yeah. And she's dressed as a witch for Halloween. So yeah. it's a very creepy moment. Yeah. Um, which results... In him snapping her back yeah. into her trance, and she drives back into town. And then he walks towards the edge of town. Yeah. Then we jump outside, we're back with Sword. Jimmy Woo and Monica and Darcy are all there, and they see Vision coming towards the barrier. And Monica's like, Well, I gotta go because I gotta meet my friend and I'm gonna go back in there. And this is where, the mo- where Darcy has this moment where she explains to her, Look, you can't go back in there. I looked at your medical files, and every time you go through there, your cells are completely rewritten. It's already happened twice. If it happens a third time, I don't know what will happen to you. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. You will become a superhero, is what will happen to you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which we know because we're nerds. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, they split up anyway. I said mm-hmm. they split up earlier. I was wrong. They split up here at this point. And then we go um, back into back into Halloween. Into the hex. Uh, into the hex. Hey, yeah, you called the hex. Is... <laughs> that was a little Darcy uh, joke. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. Yeah. And they're uh, they're um, talking again on Petro's the... talking about Petro's talking about how much how much he loves uh, Westview, and he's saying he thinks mom and dad would have really liked it, mm-hmm. and and has the you know touching bonding moment with Wanda there, um, which I don't know I don't know how to read it. Well, this because is... I don't know how to read him. Yeah, well, this is the part and where... And then he says to her, this line, where were you hiding these kids all the time? I assume they were just all sleeping peacefully in their beds. Yeah. Um, no need to traumatize beyond the occasional homi- holiday episode cameo, am I right? And she's like, I don't, I didn't. So it's weird because his character doesn't seem to know what's going on. And her character doesn't seem to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But his character knows what's going on in some ways, right? Like he knows it's a fake reality that she controls, but he's asking her, well, how does this element of it work? Because he doesn't know. So it really leads to the question of who the hell is he? Yeah. (laughs) And I I can't imagine there being a satisfying answer to this. It's so they've set it up to be every thing cancels out every clue cancels out the clue before it in some way it seems like mm. so you know, i don't know i don't know i will see what they're going to do with this mm-hmm. um but he's like she's like so you don't think what i'm doing here is wrong <clears throat> and he's like what are you kidding i'm impressed seriously it's a big leap from giving people nightmares and shooting red wiggly moves out of your hands. Mm-hmm. How do you even do all this? He asks her because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So to me, he's not Mephisto. Like, why would Mephisto ask her, how did you do all this? Like, Mephisto would be working on her, sure. But that's a weird thing for him to say. Right. Um, he's He doesn't seem to be... He's definitely not the X-Men... Quicksilver, because like this dialogue is not that character at all, right? Like, none of these lines are stuff that he would say, right? I guess um, he was very comedic, right? In the X Men, but 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 stuff like I'm impressed with this fake evil reality you've made here it's no big deal what you're doing to the kids it's it's like it's weird riffing like who would say that like Mm -hmm. like maybe her brother from sokovia who was like kind of a criminal with her would say that so maybe again it's just that guy reanimated but i don't think it's the i don't think it's the x-men quicksilver i don't that's like, like think about the character of the X Men Quicksilver. Like he had a very, very distinct, unique character, mm-hmm. and those lines just wouldn't come out of his mouth. I don't think. Right. <clears throat> That's all. Um. So from there we get to. Well, he says this line: "I'm not some stranger. I'm not your husband. You can talk to me." Like he's trying to win her trust. Like he's some kind of. I don't know what he is. Yeah. But yeah, I'm struggling um, so much with issue of who Pietro is. And then, but um, she says, I don't know how I did it. I only remember feeling completely alone. Yeah. And then, um, sorry, Wiccan. 
is it Wiccan uh, senses that her his dad is in danger. But that's later. That's later, right? No, that's like right now. No. <laughs> All right right now going. is where she has the flashback. Right now is where she sees Pietro with bullet holes in him. Right. And weird frosted over eyes. And he says, are you okay? And then she says, I'm fine. And he's like, uh-huh. And then we cut to sword. Right. Well, and we Darcy cut is to, watching. We cut to uh, Vision coming out of the shield. Or the dome. Right. We're the almost hex. there. Yeah, we're there right now. No, first, first Darcy. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I'm watching it right now. I'm oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I, okay, Darcy. Yes, yes. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> she sees him heading towards the thing. Yes. Okay. Go on. My bad. <laughs> yes. So we see Haywards telling his troops to move out. We see Darcy and Hayward both watching Vision on the monitor coming towards the border and saying, "What's he doing?" Then we see Vision. Walking up to the hex wall, yeah. staring at it. Like, what the hell am I looking at? And pushing his way through the hex yes. wall. Yeah. Or trying to, because when he gets to the other side, Kev, what happens? He starts. We to, get the answer to the question. He starts to. We get the answer to the question of of will Vision survive this series? Yeah. Nope. Because when he steps outside the hex wall. It starts to suck him in and tear him apart like it's killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very, it's a very powerful, very scary scene. Watching yeah. Vision die for the third time is hard. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really die. He survives, but um, it looks like he's going to die for a minute there. Yeah. Uh, he yells out to Hayward, the people in there, they need your help. But that's all he's able to say before he's totally like overcome by the force of the hex trying to pull him back in. Yeah. Darcy witnesses this and runs up and tries to help him, but the soldiers hold her back. And at this moment, yes, Wiccan, Billy, his superpowers become active and he hears his father. Yeah. He sees his father. He senses him. He uses his powers to stop. Tommy from running at super speed the way his mom did earlier. Yeah. Uh, and he runs and tells his mom, Dad's dad's in danger. I think he's dying. Um what do you see? Tell me what you see, Wanda says. Meanwhile, Darcy's being handcuffed to a Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh Vision yells the people need help, but Wanda, meanwhile, on the inside figures out from Billy that Vision has gone outside the dome and is dying and she pulls some shit yeah she waves her hands everybody in reality freezes and then her eyes turn red she closes them and the hex starts to grow and we see people outside the hex fleeing. We see Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo fleeing the hex yeah. on the road, flooring it as it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We see Hayward's troops and Darcy get absorbed, sucked up into the hex. 
we see Director Hayward escape the hex. Mm. We see Vision get returned to the hex, so he's saved. This is the whole point. Wanda's trying to save Vision by making the hex bigger so that because she knows he can't survive outside of it. Yeah. And go in. I love the uh, the whole thing with like when they show everything being sucked into the hex and it like changes, changes into, into like yeah something like well where it is I guess that's where the circus is because everything turns into something circus. All of related. the army stuff turns into a circus. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, uh, the helicopter the turns into a hot air balloon. Sorry, go ahead. Hmm? Yeah, no, I was just saying like everything turns into the, uh, the helicopter turns into a hot air balloon. Um, people turn into clowns. Uh, there was a, a, a police truck. It turns into a, um, fucking, uh, funnel cake truck. <laughs> Yeah. All those cars turn into a used car lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is... So we do see Director Hayward escapes and he's yelling, Anyone read me over into the radio? We do not see Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo, whether they got sucked into the hex or not. Mm-hmm. I think we can assume they did not because we've seen from the trailers Monica going into the hex in her super vehicle later on at some point. Mm hmm. Um, but a lot of people just got pulled into the hex. Yeah. So the question is, are all those people going to become mutants? Are they all going to get superpowers? We know that all of their physical cells, their physiology was just rewritten at the cellular level by the hex when they got sucked into it, just mm-hmm. like it did happen to Monica Rambo. Yeah. Were thousands of mutants just created in this episode. Right. Was the was the entire mutant threat superpowered people who we've already seen director Hayward is suspicious of and antagonistic towards did we just create the entire mutant population of planet earth maybe right here right now with this event yeah. and will it get worse will the hex get bigger yeah. you know will it threaten to <laughs> engulf the entire planet Right. Um, I don't know, but my theory right now, I'm telling you, is <laughs> the right. muted conflict is being introduced, and I have further predictions. We're just moving into the third act now, right? So mm-hmm. the stage has been reset. Act one, the first three episodes were just straight up like sitcom-y, what's going on here? We don't know yet, right? And then right from episode four, we started getting what's going on on the outside. We get some contemplation of 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 both sides of the thing and we get a full explanation and we get more setup for the conflict and the end of act two we just got resets the whole table so the stakes are much bigger and there's many more players on the field right Mm -hmm. so now we're going to have darcy on the inside which is going to be great because she'll probably be some funny character who reminds us of her funny character from two broke girls or whatever Mm -hmm. like that um and now maybe it's become apparent why she was cast in this show because they're going to use her sitcom uh, <clears throat> past uh, in the future here, maybe. Yeah, um, it's possible. But, but there's a whole lot of people in the hex now 
who were aware of what was going on before, who may or may not have superpowers now, who, you know, I may or may not have different levels of awareness based on what we've seen with other people, who knows. Um, but will Wanda's area of effect remain the same? So will all these people be frozen on the outskirts of town? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like a lot of questions, but, um, uh, I, I'm excited for the third act. I feel like, the, like we're set up for the climax of the whole thing now with three glorious episodes, which you said are supposed to be an hour long. Brilliant. That would be three hours still. Yep. So Can a three hour long MCU film. Yeah which is going to have some giant cameo. We don't know who it is going to be. I'm, I'm thinking it's just going to be Dr. Strange, Dr. which is Strange, fine. That'll yeah. be awesome. Mm-hmm. But obvi- obviously somebody from the Avengers has to show up now after the hex has grown so large mm-hmm. and you still have director Hayward outside. So you have sword outside. So, uh, you know, everybody's going to be aware of this in the MCU. Um, it could be, it, it, and we've heard it's epically huge, and it and it looks like it will be epically huge. Yeah. My other prediction here about X Men stuff is that the reason Vision's body was taken apart before Wanda took it was because Hayward is trying to build Sentinels mm-hmm. because he is already afraid of superpowered people, and he wants a defense against superpowered people. And Sword, I think, is going to create the Sentinels. And it's going to be somewhat based on Vision's design. And I think that's going to be part of this whole show. I think this whole thing is setting up the mutant conflict. I don't know if I think Reed Richards is going to be the contact Monica Rambo is going to meet. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're going to get any Fantastic Four at all mm-hmm. in this. I think it's all about X-Men. And maybe Monica Rambo has characters in her own comic book storyline who this could be. Um, so we'll see. Um, but, I do feel like they are going to uh, set up. Very excited as an X Men fan because I think that all of this is going right into the mutant conflict. Yeah, I do feel like they're going to set up uh, Fantastic Four with this. I don't know. I have a feeling just because of that whole uh, the whole line and to be uh, episode four when they're walking through the space uh, part, whatever, and yep. they were talking about yep. this new program and blah blah blah, and then of course. Kat Denning's character, uh, sorry, Darcy, uh, has a yep. has a friend who's a uh, I don't remember the exact term, but basically someone who can fly into space. <laughs> so I don't know. I I think the, all the signs are there. I think they're going to introduce some. They're they're going to do something where um, either Reed Richards or whoever, like someone, someone's going to show up. <laughs> We'll see. So yeah, it, it might be a, it might be a Captain Marvel character. Even. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. We'll it could be. It could be uh, one see. of the one of the uh, scrolls for all we know, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, totally, totally could be a scroll. That's another mm-hmm. thing. It could be the the other little girl character from Captain Marvel who was a scroll. See, that would be perfect. That would. I bet you that's who it is. Yeah. Right. Or um, uh, what's what was the cat's name again? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the maybe it's gonna be the cat, <laughs> the flurkin. I hope not. <laughs> That'd be I funny if it was. Man. That cat being the reason that Nick Fury has one eye was the worst fucking thing they ever did. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> it was the worst <laughs> fucking thing. It was funny and stupid. Um, I actually rewatched Captain Marvel again, and it's funny how they like kept teasing throughout the entire movie, 
like him losing his eye. <laughs> and yeah. then of course yeah. when he finally does is from a fucking a flirking scratch. Stupid. Yeah. It was like It was well. funny and stupid at the same time though. But yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Whatever. It is what it is. So. Anyway, I think this might have been the longest episode we've ever made. Yes. I'm not, not sure about that. I'm pretty sure it's but, up there. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. We about, sure went into a lot of detail. Yeah. I don't know about ever because uh, our uh, round tables were longer, longer, I believe. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah. But we have gone on and probably should rack up. Yeah. Wrap up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, so, so anything. Anyway. Um, no, I was going to say anything uh, that you watch that you just want to give a quick shout out and recommend for our uh, l- yeah. last listener. Uh, <laughs> Melinda and I have been watching The Queen's Gambit, finally. Yeah. All right, fine, good. Uh, I heard it's I good. I put it on one night. I I was so I was so out at lunch on it. Like I, Everybody said it was the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the reason I didn't want to watch it is because I looked it up and it turned out it wasn't a true story. Mm. It wasn't like a, about an actual person. Um so I was like, eh. Um, I put it on one night thinking it was a movie, and it turns mm-hmm. out it's it's a seven episode one, a seven hour thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, we were hooked in right away. It totally reminds me of Mad Men. I didn't look to see if it's got the same like creative people, but mm-hmm. like the way that Mad Men immerses you in the world of the 1960s and makes it feel like really real and gritty and personal and. And the dramatic, um, heavy feel of it all, it 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 actually feels like I'm watching Mad Men again, just about completely different characters and completely different stories. Okay, but like the art, the artistic um, nature of the show is it feels so much like Mad Men, and and it stands on its own as a fantastic story, uh, fantastic characters, fantastic writing. Fantastic performances, fantastic direction. It is a really, really great show. I think we have two episodes left, um, but it's like just really, really enjoying the Queen's Gambit. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the kind of thing we normally talk about on here, but um, I highly, highly recommend it. If you mm-hmm. have the Netflix, go go get that in your face. All right, cool, very cool. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was considering and that you- one. Uh, I'm actually in the last season of Shit's Creek, which is, which I'm loving. I'm loving that show. I think it's really funny. Um, good show. I've, I shouted, I shouted it out before. Um, and this weekend I watched a couple of, uh, really fun B movies. <laughs> the first one being, uh, Willie's Wonderland, uh, starring Nick, uh, Nicholas Cage. Um, it's, it's like one of these, like, it's just out there, like <laughs> it's so left field. Um, basically, it's about this like it's like this Chuck E. Cheese type place uh, in this like little town, and um, as the story develops, we find out that the mechanical uh, creatures, whatever you want to call them, they're actually possessed by serial killers and they explain this in the movie uh you just gotta like if you're into like nicholas cage movies but just a warning he doesn't say a word in the entire movie which is so left field for nick cage but it works (laughs) it works but anyways um yeah it's very left field it's very uh gory and it's just a it's a fun watch like 
don't watch it thinking you're going to see like the next like, you know, Academy Award winner or anything. But it's just a, like I said, it's just a, a really fun B movie. Um, and on the line of B movies, I watched this other movie called Psycho Goreman, which um, I don't know if you ever heard of the movie Manborg. You ever heard of this? No, no. another very left field B movie, just over the top violence, gory. And this one is like in the same kind of vein. Um, It's like this, these, these two kids who are brother and sister, they like, um, they find like this like stone and then eventually it's like buried in the ground, whatever. Right. And then they take this stone, whatever, like there's like this little thing to like unlock it. And of course the little girl figures it out. And then the psycho Gorman is what this stone like controls. And it's just like this really fucked up creature who's like basically his destiny is to destroy. He's like Thanos. He's like (laughs) wants to destroy everyone on earth. But of course this little girl has control over him and it's just really, yeah, again, left field, uh, great, great makeup and fun characters in this film but again it's just a b movie um and it's just over the top violence and just really really silly but if you're into those type of movies i recommend it check it out (laughs) cool sounds weird (laughs) it was was. but hey it was fun it was a fun movie and it was a fun sunday afternoon movie to watch right uh, kind of like cool. an anti Valentine's Day for me, anyways, right? I don't want to watch a love story. I want to watch fucking people getting their heads ripped off and shit, right? Word so, up, word up. But yeah, so yeah, highly, highly recommend it if you're into uh, over the top gore fest. So yeah, check out Psycho Gorman and Willie's Wonderland. So all right, yeah, will do. Yeah. So anything. Uh, Anybody in the uh, in the chat wants to shout out maybe that they watched? That's the end? Yeah, this is the end. No. That was a pretty good movie. <laughs> That's right, Janet. That's the end of episode 69, dude. 69. 69, dude. <laughs> Comedy yeah. was so easy back then. Yeah, right? Yeah. No. Uh, well, thanks for listening, Kevin. Thanks for talking. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, looking yeah, same. To speak to you again very soon. Thank you for spending uh, Valentine's afternoon with me. <laughs> I better go find my wife. <laughs> Enjoy your family day, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you have a good day as well, and we will yeah. talk very soon. Sounds like a plan. And um, uh, I guess just chill till the next episode. Thank mm-hmm. you.